Today is going to be a little bit different. So I want to give you a good, kind of an idea of where we're going almost for the year. We have decided to make counterfeit our topic, our main topic, overall topic for the year, kind of the year, may last longer, may not last a year. And then we're going to have all these subtopics under counterfeit. And as we were worshiping, what the Lord just told me, because I'm like, okay, Lord, counterfeit, it's a big topic, right? How many of you like fake? You guys like fake people? Fake things? That, oh, you don't. Okay, good. Then we're in the right group. Uh, I don't either. I'm very, I like, just tell me. I just want to know what's real. So, but how many of you agree that there's a lot of fake in our world? A lot of fake, right? Instagram, Facebook, the magazine covers, like women trying to live up to what is not realistic, you know, all the things that are fake in our life. But when I was talking to the Lord just now in worship, I felt him say, remind me of last week when Pastor Rick said he believes that this generation is the one that's going to cause revival. And I felt very strongly the Lord say, revival and, counter revival and fake are oppose each other. There's no way to have revival when fake is there because revival is the true presence of the Lord, the real presence. There is no counterfeit in that. So we're going to tackle counterfeit. We are going to, we'll always have, like we said, a, little, a time of talking, but then we're, we'll break into small groups today where we can hear from you and, and find out where you struggle in a specific topic. Like next, the next couple weeks we'll be talking just generally about counterfeit, but the, main, the first main subtopic is going to be our identity. What, what part of our identity is fake or counterfeit? How, how does the enemy speak counterfeit into our lives about who we are? what God says. So we, we're going to tackle that. And then every single time at the end of one of our subtopics, we're going to spend a weekend that's just battling for the authentic. So we're going to come and we're just going to say, okay, if it's counterfeit uh, community, we're going to spend a weekend just battling for authentic community. It's love or whatever it happens to be for that particular month that we're tackling that. So that's kind of how this next season is going to go for young adults. Um, but just so you know, today, counterfeit, we're just talking, we, first we have to establish counterfeit, right? We can't dive into topics and subtopics until we understand the general word and the general idea of what is counterfeit. So Jason's going to, Jason's the, not math guy, but he is very logical, so he's going to bring some logical truth about counterfeit today. Wow. <laughs> so apparently I'm a robot. <laughs> I did not say that. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, so, counterfeit. What is counterfeit? What do you think of when you think of the world cap of the word counterfeit? And if you saw the Instagram video the other day, you could not spit the word counterfeit out. Anybody? Come on, what's counterfeit? Fake? What else? Worthless. Worthless? I like that one. Good one. Anybody? All right. So. I always like to define the terms when we're talking about something, so I'm always in the dictionary for it. So, <clears throat> counterfeit definition is made in exact imitation of something valuable or important with the intention to deceive or defraud. Something likely to be mistaken for something of higher value. So worthless, right? Um, and when you really think about that, it's created to deceive you, right? However, you cannot spot the counterfeit until you know what the genuine is. Because like, you would not know what a counterfeit $100 bill was unless you actually saw what a legitimate or authentic $100 bill was. So before 
we can go on, like Jen said, into different things. Um, we need to figure out what is, how do we determine what's genuine, authentic, real, and what is counterfeit. So as we go through these, we'll actually talk about the real first. So then that way we can spot the counterfeit. So what is real? That's the hard thing. That's probably what society struggles most with right now. And when we talk, we're talking genuine or authentic, we have to, again, talk about subjective versus objective. Some more terms we have to define, right? So subjective is something that I feel, right? I, I may believe based off of an emotion, a, pre, a preconception, um, my desire, you know? Like, the San Francisco 49ers are the best team in the NFL. Okay? That's part of that is my desire for them to win that, says the Raider fan. Okay. Yes. So, and some of you are going, football is not even, you know, it's, it's not even worth, you know, the time it takes to flip the channel. Right? So those are all subjective in nature. Now, objective. Objectivity is what is factual or is most reasonable in the absence of facts. In other words, it's always what is factual, but you may not know what the facts are right then and there, so you can, you'll lean more on what is most reasonable. So, like I look at all you, and I don't know this for sure, but I can assume, based off of the context where we are on a Saturday morning, what you're doing, that you are all Christians. But I don't know that for a fact. Some of you could be just here because you're like, oh, a friend invited me and I'm on the fence, right? That's objective. I'm objectively looking at something. So that's because I don't have all the facts. Unless I got to know every one of you and every one of your walk, then I can say, okay, that's a fact. Boom. <clears throat> so objectivity is independent from emotions, perceptions, imagination, or desires. So what is objectively true is authentically real. Now, in today's world, the world kind of, society tells us what is real and what is true. And that's, as we all know, hardly ever objective. Because one group is going to tell you one thing, another group is going to tell you a different thing, Republicans are going to tell you one thing, Democrats are going to tell you another thing, vegans are going to say one thing, bodybuilders are going to say another thing. You have all of these different um, desires, emotions, wants, telling you what is real. So for us, we need to look and find what is objective truth. And that's where we come to God. Now, for the sake of argument, I'm going to assume everybody here believes God is real. If you don't, we can talk about that later. Um, we can go over the moral, you know, the moral arguments, the cosmological arguments, the ontological arguments, um, the teleological arguments, all that. But that's not, we're not going to go through that today because we would be here for years, right? So just for the sake of argument, um, for the sake of time, God is real. So if God is authentic and real, then what is of God is authentic and real. And so how do we figure out then what is of God? If you have your Bibles, you will open them because the first um, test of whether something is of God is isn't in the Bible, right? So let's look at James 1, 16 through 18. And it says, just in case you don't have your Bible, 
And I have an NIV, so depending on this NIV? Yeah, this is my, oh, no, NLT. So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming to us from, our, from God, our Father, who created all, thing, all the light in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. So everything that is good and perfect is of God. That would be our first determining factor, right? Then we can look at, and I'm not going to list them all, but the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. The fruits of the Spirit in Galatians, love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, goodness, self-control. Those are all things of God. And then in 2 Timothy, we can look and read. 2 Timothy 3.14 says, But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught them. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Jesus, or Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So again, scripture reiterate, or this, the letter in Timothy reiterates that all scripture is of God and is useful for teaching us what is real. Right? And then Matthew 7.20, I know there's a lot of them, verses in here, uh, actually 15 through 20, basically says you can judge it by the fruit you will recognize what is real. So we know what is real. We know what is of God is real and authentic. So then that leads us to what is counterfeit. What is counterfeit? Yeah. Anything that's not of God, right? Pretty much. And what does the world say is true right now? Name something. Something that the world says is true. What is that? You can decide your gender. What else? Feelings. Your feelings are true for you. I will say that. But they do not make it true for everybody else. And I'll break off just because that was a good thing. I've always told my girls, whatever you feel is what you feel. I'm not going to argue that. What I can show them is where they are basing those feelings off of. There may be something, an underlying fact that that draws those feelings. Is that true or not? So I never, I I will recommend whenever you're talking to somebody, especially a non-believer, never tell them that their feelings are wrong. Show them that how they got to that part is wrong. And you can walk it back that way. So thank you. That was a good one. I like that. What else? Anything else? Marriage. Yeah. Marriage what? The world tells us that marriage can be whatever you can marry your dog. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you can marry your dog, the world says. Actually, I did see the other day that somebody wanted to marry. Oh, they did. Actually, it was in Britain yep. or Europe somewhere. And then somebody yes. in Japan is marrying their robot. Yeah. Yes. So. All right. Oh, yes, I did hear that too. Somebody married themselves. Yes. <laughs> it's getting a little crazy out there, right? All right. So, First John two fifteen through seventeen. It says, "Do not love the world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you." For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, 
a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from the world. And the world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. So First John tells us that of the world is not of God. And as what was it, Second Timothy said, all scripture is useful, right? So we know what is authentic, what is real, is from God. We know what is of the world is not of God and is therefore counterfeit. So why does all of any of this matter? Yeah. Matthew 6, 24 says, no one can serve two masters. So you're either going to serve what is of God, therefore God, or you're going to serve what is of the world, or the world. Now I think all of us do that a little. I don't think anybody is always of God. We, we always, I mean, we have flesh and it is weak, right? But if we are constantly, we are constantly, uh, battery's dying. If we, are con- <laughs> if we are constantly, there we go, finding microphones that do not have batteries. If we are constantly living in the world and seeking and following things of the world, that is going to seep into our lives everywhere, right? And it's easy to fall for the counterfeit because it provides short-term happiness. And it appeases the flesh and our sinful nature, right? Matthew 24, 41 says the... Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The enemy knows this. So the enemy perverts anything from God and tries to duplicate it to distract you from your walk of God. Now, the enemy wants to make you think what their counterfeit is, is of God, um, or to question it. So that's why we are supposed to question the spirits, right? First John 4, 1, 3 is to test the spirits of anything. And a lot of that is judged by the fruit. Um, and remember, the enemy is brilliant. He doesn't need you to follow something that's counterfeit that's going to destroy your lives. That's one thing. But he also knows that if he goes too far and you hit rock bottom, yeah. that's usually when you go, I need to change. Right? And that's when people find God. You, see, you hear so many, some of the, so many of the great um, preachers, evangelists, they were previously drug addicts, um, the worst of the worst, drunks, um, beat their kids, addicted to pornography, and they hit rock bottom. And rock bottom has a way of bouncing you back up to God, right? So be careful because the counterfeit, all it needs to do is to separate you and cause a divide between God and you. To cause you not to walk with God and walk in your identity, but to walk in the world. And that's all it really needs to do. And so all these little things that you think may not be a problem, 
have bigger consequences than you realize. There's always that ripple effect. Ben and I were talking about that. Just something as, as simple as putting your shopping cart back into the, the places where they all go instead of leaving it in a space has a ripple effect because you don't know the next person. It could be a mom who's in a hurry. It could be an elderly person. They have to go out farther. Now they're irritated and it just goes on and on and on, right? Same with when you follow the counterfeit. There's a ripple effect. Sure, and, here, and I said this before too, material blessings, people go, oh, I feel so blessed. Material blessings are not always from God because when you have more, you're able to do more. When you're able to do more, it's easy to go, oh, I'm gonna go on vacation, I'll be gone for three weeks, you miss church for three weeks, I come back, oh, someone invited me to this part, going here. Every time you spend, every day you spend away from the Lord and in the world, the counterfeit starts to take over, right? And if you are taking in counterfeit, what do you think you're gonna produce? Counterfeit, right? More of it. James 3.11, a, salt, a salty spring cannot produce fresh water. Fresh water cannot come from a salty spring. So if we are constantly living in the counterfeit, then we are producing counterfeit. What's even worse is if we're proclaiming to be Christians and our friends and our family see us as a Christian, yet we're living in the counterfeit and we're producing counterfeit, there's your ripple effect that's going to go not just past them, but when they talk about UW, well, they claim they're Christian, but X, Y, Z, right? That's why it's important that we learn to identify the counterfeits in our lives so that we stop taking them in and stop producing them so that we can actually produce fruit that actually is of the kingdom. And you're gonna come up and Jen's the opener and the closer. Not always, just today. <laughs> but as he said that, it was, uh, again, it brought, God brought revival back into my mind again. And because if you think about it, if you're producing counterfeit and you're claiming you're a Christian and you're, we're supposed to influence the world around us, there's no influence if we have just counterfeit and that's what we're producing. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but there are times where you, I don't see myself clearly. And so this, in this season, we're asking God to expose even ourselves. Where have I been counterfeit? Where have I claimed to be a Christian, but my behavior has not matched that? Because that's when revival takes place, is when I say I'm a Christian, when I'm authentically Christian, when my life shows that I'm a Christian and people around me see it, and they say, oh, yeah, no, she's a Christian. He's a Christian. That's what I want to see out of a Christian. The love is there. She cares for me. He follows up on what he said he was going to do, all of those things. So that's our heart for this season, is to really get you to a point of authenticity. I just want to add one thing real yep. quick. Um, I'm not closing. No. <laughs> what you said reminded me of something, yeah. too, is are we a Christian because, are we doing Christian things? Are we doing the things we're supposed to be doing mm -hmm. because we love God? Yeah. Or are we doing them to be seen? Are our actions, one of the things that I constantly, um, repent of it's not only for the things I've done wrong but for the reasons for the things I've done right that's really good because that is counterfeit just as well if I'm going oh I'm going to go to outreach because I want to be seen yeah you know or am I going to you know pray to the person at Home Depot because they need prayer and I don't care who's around yeah you know? am yeah. I doing work of God to be seen to get me up on the stage or am I walking through and I see there's trash on the ground yeah. on the church and I'm like you know what I just want the Lord's house 
be perfect. Yep. You know, I don't care who's around. I'm not waiting to go, is Pastor Rick around? Yeah. And there he is. Oh, there we go. You know, those <laughs> yeah, kind of things. So true. those are sometimes the things I probably struggle with the most too because I like to do a lot of things, but I also have to question myself. Am I doing it because, you know, I love Jesus or am I doing it because, you know, it's a job or I just want to do more of my job. Yeah. Really. That's really good. That, and that ties back to the James comment. You know, what's in your heart, you, if your heart is a salt spring, it's not going to produce fresh water. So we want to get to where we have that fresh water spring from within us that, that our motives are pure, our reasons are pure, that it doesn't matter. We're doing everything out of the love of Christ. And I wanted to read one scripture to you before we, we close, before we go into our small groups, because this is, we, we realize this is the root of all of it. This is, this is how we will have a fresh spring within us. And we wrote that you can't bear fruit for the kingdom from a tree planted in the world. John 15, 4 through 8 says this, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And that's what we're after. We're after that fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you don't remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And that's what Jesus asked us, to go and make disciples. That's our call, to be disciples. So, I'm going to pray for us and we're going to get small groups. Father God, we thank you that your word is true, that you are true, that you are real and authentic. And that if we remain in you, in your real and authentic nature, that we too can be real and authentic. So we submit this season to you. We surrender it to you, Lord. We ask that you would have your way in our lives. That whether we're here on a Saturday or it's a Monday or Tuesday, whatever day of the week it is, that you would remind us of your authenticity. That you would remind us of your genuine nature. That there is nothing false, fake, or counterfeit about you. That you are 100% pure. We want to be more like you in this season, Lord. We ask that you would bring revival through us. We want to be your willing servants, Lord God. So create in us a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit within us, Lord. We surrender to you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.